0: Hello, Peter. It's Ryan of the Cast calling in, well, I guess messaging in. Hey, Ryan. To respond to your Marvel Phase 3 podcast. I listened to all of them, but I think Phase 3 was the one that sort of struck a chord with me and made me want to respond and sort of come back with my own thoughts uh, in response to what you were saying. And I'd like to try to keep this on the side of Yes, and instead of just straight up no, to kind of get into improvisation and acting, which I know you know a little bit about. Yeah, just just a little bit. To respond to some of this stuff, uh, I was listening in, and when you talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and you say that Peter um, Quill isn't really the kind of person that someone should aspire to be, um, I agree. I think that he is a man-child. I think that that was something that was acceptable in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 when all the characters were sort of portrayed as anti-heroes who were slowly becoming this group of of heroes. But I would really expect a little bit more growth going into Volume 2, even though there seems to be an implication that there wasn't a lot of time that passed between Volume 1 and 2.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think the creators even said that volume two takes place just weeks, maybe a month, but not long after volume one. So yes, you are correct in that. That's a good point.
0: Unfortunately, I don't know that that's something that necessarily an audience is going to pick up on, especially a young audience. So I do see the problem. A young audience looks at Peter Quill. He's, you know, the handsome, good looking hero. um, And you are expected to want to be like them. Isn't that true of everybody named Peter? To me, I see that as the reason why he doesn't get Gamora in Volumes 1 and 2. He hasn't learned to become, you know, a self-sacrificing, um, trying to think of the, the word, but but he's, he's just not becoming the, the hero he ought to be and the, the status symbol he should be. And that is a problem. Like I said, for for somebody who's my age, I can recognize that he acts like a child. But to a child, they look at him and they see Han Solo. They see him. They see, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. And they're just like, oh, man, all these guys are great. And the way to be great is to not care about other people's feelings and be roguish. I wonder what it says about
1: me that that when I watched Star Wars, I never wanted to be Han Solo. I'm not sure if I wanted to be any of the characters but that wasn't a character I laughed at that character and there was certainly something appealing about that character but that was because I felt like all the characters were appealing but I didn't want to be Han Solo um you know I don't I wonder I wonder if that just has to speak to um me as a kid seeing this adult act in a way that maybe I knew adults shouldn't act. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of some that was a when you when you mentioned that, uh, that kind of struck me as, oh right, the roguish character, not always one that um, I feel like I want to personify personify, right. Like gambit. I like gambit. I don't want to be gambit. I like gambit though. Uh, and the same goes for Han Solo. So
0: that's a again, another interesting point. Um, the other part that I wanted to respond to is uh, your reactions to Thor 3. Uh-oh. I get that um, you might have had a problem with Thor 3, that you might not have liked the tonal shift, the, the use of improvisation and whatnot. I can, I can feel you there. Um, I liked the movie, but I can see from a certain perspective That over time, I could find fault in what transpired in Thor 3. I liked the experience of Thor 3. I went to see it in a movie theater. I laughed out loud. Oh, I can totally agree with
1: that. I I can totally agree that if I had seen Thor Ragnarok in the movie theaters, the experience of it might have been... I might have been drawn to it a bit more. Because of the communal aspect of watching something with an audience. Uh, So I don't take that away from anybody. I think I even said that in the episode where I I mentioned, I can certainly see why people like this movie. And what you just touched on there definitely makes sense.
0: I had a good time. I I appreciated it as a tonal shift away from Shakespeare in space and into Dune. Okay, now that
1: reference you're going to have to explain to me because I've read Dune, I like Dune, I've seen the movie, seen the miniseries... Um, I still haven't watched that um, documentary on, what is it, Jodorowsky's version of it, but um, I don't, mm, I'm not sure I understand what you're, what you're trying to connect Dune with Thor Ragnarok, so um,
0: please let me know. And I would hope that you can at least recognize that Thor 1 is fine, Thor 2 is pretty passable.
1: Yeah, Thor 2 is passable, but in what I was trying to do with the episodes in regards to connecting all the stuff that might lead up to Infinity War, there is a lot of stuff in Thor 2 that is very resonant. Um, the whole thing with the ether, you got the explanations of some of the infinity stones, if not all of them, the whole thing with the controller. So I think Thor 2, in that sense, in mapping out the Marvel Universe in connection to Infinity War, it uh, probably speaks to that through line more than
0: Thor 1. And that in response to the way that Thor 2 went, Marvel correctly recognized that Thor couldn't stay in the same space he always did. I get that it became more like Guardians of the Galaxy. It might have become too much like Guardians of the Galaxy just in response to, oh, man, people love this. Let's do more of it. I guess I've come to
1: expect Marvel movies to have this... And you know what? I know I'm going to get slapped down for this, but to have this kind of, like, flatness in the way it's presented, not to say that they can't have a certain feel... But what I mean is um, sometimes the way the movie is made is not necessarily in direct connection to what the movie wants to get across as we go from movie to movie, from stepping stone to stepping stone. So I I think of something like Edgar Wright's um, Scott Pilgrim, and the way that movie was filmed uh definitely was integrated into the story, or I, or I should say the story made um, the making of the movie um, stand out. It made sense. But when I think of something like Ragnarok or Planet Hulk, well, maybe Planet Hulk, but Ragnarok, when I think of the story of Ragnarok, that's not the tone that I think uh, kind of feels like it should be in that 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 story, right? When I think of the Walt Simonson stories from the early 80s, and, 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 and they were kind of rock and roll, and they were larger than life, but I didn't get this sort of quality? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to counter what you're saying. I, I like that whole notion of yes, and. So yes, I agree. The experience, absolutely. Um, but um, I don't know. Uh, for me, it just wasn't quite the same. And not that it has to be. I'm just saying, um, you're right. You know, when you think look at this movie in the grand scheme of all the movies, I wonder uh, how much of it actually resonates outside
0: of the experience. Which, hey, for some people, that's enough. Um, I also realize that my taste might change. I think Spider-Man: Homecoming is fine, um, but I never want to watch it again. I, as as a more personal note, I really enjoy. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but when I watched it eight years later, having been through a lot of really crappy relationships and now finding myself in a good relationship, me and my wife both love it and watched it and went, you know what? Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet's characters are not right for each other. Um, But we could see where our heads were at when we were 18 versus 28 when we watched it again. So I, I get that that my opinions about Thor might change over time, um, I can agree that Edgard Wright might have been uh, ahead of his time. He just didn't click into Marvel during the right phase. I think that's a really good observation I had never thought about. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had never heard of Tycho Waititi before this, and afterwards I really want to go see Hunt for the Wilder People, um, to to see what other work he's done, because... I, I get your impressions of him—that um, he's silly, that he's, you know, kind of a little bit obsessed with himself. Um, I understand that. Uh, I, I would say, you know, maybe try going to see *Hunt for the Wilder People* or *What We Do in the Shadows*, because I liked *What We Do in the Shadows*. Uh, that was a pretty funny film. But once again, our tastes might be different. I respect Thor Ragnarok. This is why I've gone on so long about it. I respect it as a soft reboot of the character, and I think it was it was needed.
1: I'm not saying I'm not a fan of movies that can be a little outlandish. Um, you know, I, I brought up Scott Pilgrim. Uh, one of my favorite movies ever in my top ten, if not my top five, is Better Off Dead. I love those movies um, by, uh, what's his name, Savage, something savage, I think, Uh better off dead one crazy summer. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those movies. So I don't know. I think it's, uh, uh you know, I like that they shook up the Thor universe. It
0: was in need of that. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I've gone on a little bit longer than I was expecting. I, I should have taken more concise notes, but, uh, I love the show obviously. <laughs> and I hope that, uh, You can appreciate this feedback, because if I've learned anything, feedback takes effort, and effort is hard. Talk to you later. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate that. And uh, thank
1: you for allowing me to play your feedback and to have some fun with it, uh, with some interjections here and there. Uh, This has been The Daily Rios, episode 425. If you have any feedback, by all means, send me an email at Peter at The Daily Rios or voicemail, like Ryan did. Feel free to find me on Twitter, Peter J. Rios, or drop a comment on the website at TheDailyRios.com.
0: Okay, short and sweet today. Talk to you soon. Bye.